Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Gashana, the Immolator. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing Omid Zarkhan, the Twilight Mage. I'm Nathan. I'm playing Rao, the Battlemaster. My name is JD. I'm the Dungeon Master for this game. This is ChimeraCast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ChimeraCast. Let's go to dinner. How's dinner? Let's get some dinner. All right. You all are seated in the dining hall. This is a wide open space with high vaulted ceilings. There is a fire burning uh, in a fireplace um, along one wall, which leads up a chimney, uh, which goes out somewhere. As you arrive, Omid... You see the woman and the man you met earlier in the bathhouse. Uh, The woman is sitting at the far side, seated at the head of the table. Um, This is like a a long, you know, classic dining hall table. To her right is this massive uh, man who was with her earlier. And to her left is a a figure wearing a silver veil covering its entire face and uh, body. Around the room, there are 12 different people who appear to be soldiers or guards of some sort. They're armed, wearing dark leather armor with uh, turquoise edges and details on it, uh, along with their armaments. There are eight other figures wearing, um, wearing turquoise robes. There are three places that have been set out for you at the table. Chelsea will lead you to them and sits you down. At the other side of the table, so across uh, opposite of the woman, is a place seating with no one sat at it. And then there's another single set across from you with no one sitting there as well. Chelsea seats each of you and pours wine. Um, she also pours coffee and sets it next to Rao. She leans in and says, the first course will be served shortly. And she walks behind one of the columns in the room and must pass beyond some doorway. You're all seated waiting for dinner with these other people. What do you do? Rao looks around furtively and then takes a sip of the coffee. I assume it's very good. Yep. How would you guess? Do the people down on the opposite end appear to be chitter-chattering? or No, are they no, quiet? not at all. They're quiet. The woman is, she's still wearing her half mask that covers the upper part of her face um, with the amethysts in it. But she is definitely frowning and glowering at all of you. She takes a sip of her wine and sets the glass back down. 
And so the robed figures aren't sitting at the table with us, right? They're like around the table? Correct. They're all lined up on the other side of the room behind the three figures uh, seated at the table. So none of them are sitting. JD, what was her name again? Rusanthi. Basilissa is her title. So she introduced herself as Basilissa Rusanthi. You will have to forgive us, Omid pronounces. Basilissa Rusanthi. We had thought that this place was welcoming and inviting to guests. If that was not the case, and we are in fact intruders, please forgive us, and we hope that this meal could serve as a space for us to mend that, and he really lathers it on, wounding. I am afraid that we are new guests in this house, and we just hoped to meet some friends and speak commonly with one another. And he kind of like gives her the the space, the opening to retort. Sure, yeah. She takes another sip of wine and looks at you with intent as she sets it back down. How Ypsilanti treats his guests is really not my concern. I apologize if I have offended you, Omid Zarkhan, but my patience with this place is wearing thin. Your patience with this place? Please, what has worn thin for you? You have only recently arrived, and so all seems as it should be. Don't let your eyes deceive you, Omid Zarkhan. This place is not what it seems. You will come to realize that once you've been here for a while. I will admit that we have already realized a little bit of what you speak. Who are your companions? You were alone in the bath. He was excited. I'm Rao of the Erics. You start speaking, but she holds a hand up to interrupt you, having looked at the three of you more closely. Oh. An elf. When she says that, the veiled figure turns its head toward the three of you, the first movement that it's made, but it doesn't say anything. Yes, there is an elf amongst our company, but this is not a child's tale. These are not savages. You seem to come at her with judgment, as you did me earlier in the baths, so I will have to apologize. Is there a problem with that? I've never met an elf, so no, I do not have a problem. I just didn't expect to meet one today. Well, no offense is meant. None taken. Basilissa, it is a pleasure to meet you. What is your name, elf? I am Gishana. We are happy to have hopefully startled you enough. In your many months here, with the presence of Gishana. Perhaps you could speak to us plainly now, now that we are introduced. Or perhaps someone else would like to introduce... We are not all introduced yet. Like, while that's all happening, are we sitting next to each other, Rao? Is that... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm giving... I, I was giving while I was talking, like, a nudge with my knee over to Rao to make him introduce himself. Uh, and we were trying to courtly talk around it, and when she cut me off, that was your mo- that's your moment. 
Uh, I am I am Rao of the Eric people. Hi. <laughs> Should I know of your people now? No. JD, you said there were some soldiers around or guards. Do I recognize their armor? I don't think you would recognize it. No. Okay. Are they human? Or like living? <laughs> yes, they are in fact flesh and blood. Okay. I should also note the turquoise details on their armor match uh, the Basilisa's toga as well. Now that we have been properly introduced, perhaps you could speak a little bit more to your experience here. There is little to say. I was told Ypsilanti is not present, and indeed I have not seen any sign of him. Only that dwarf apprentice of his. So I have waited. The food is fine. The wine is better. But as I said, my patience with this wizard is wearing. At that, four golems emerge. One is Chelsea. Uh, another is the uh, golem that you met in the garden earlier. The other two you don't recognize. But they all approach and drop dishes off for each of you. This is probably seafood to start things off. Uh, I'll say it's lobster. Delicious. And they set these whole lobsters in front of you for your first course. So enjoy that. Omid does thoroughly, and he probably instructs via overly like exemplifying how to crack into a lobster and get its husk out of the way for Rao. And probably Gashana, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably he's he's probably like gesturing out a little bit with it as he cracks into it into the back of it. So while you're eating, the Basilissa cracks the tail open and picks at it. The massive figure to her right is breaking the shell open with his hands and just sucking meat out of it loudly, like <laughs> And the the veiled figure is not touching the food at all. You say a dwarf apprentice. We have not gotten the pleasure to meet him or her. In truth, I have not seen much of him lately, but I believe he is still around somewhere. He is actually flesh and blood, unlike the others who tend to the guests. Those statues, she has a clear disdain in her voice. No, he is not like them. An elf and a dwarf that must have been very auspicious for you. I have met plenty of dwarves. Their people are still active in the world. Where have you met a dwarf? I rule, or ruled, a place of commerce, a trade city. I have met dwarves from the north, and I have met dwarves from the east. They are not strangers to my home. A trade city? What would that be? Perhaps I... Two have heard of it. Than, it's not far from here. Have any of us been to Than? Probably not. I would assume not. You've not been there, but Rao, you've heard of the Isle of Than. Oh, right. Thank you. Did you say Than? The Isle of Than? I did. Ha! I was quite looking forward to battle with you. You... 
I have really quite adored your master of flight. Gliding, I suppose it was, but it was still quite impressive. I think I had you figured out, but it never came to it. Rao was like just shoving lobster into his mouth. These are the air people? Yes, I've spoken them very highly. I was quite impressed. Okay, I was wondering if Rao would have spoken to Omid or if it wasn't a thing that would have come up at all. This was a great fight that didn't happen. Remind me, remind Zach. Yeah, so it was an establishing question that I had asked. Yeah. Uh, that basically Rao had heard of the tactics of the city-state of Than. So I had, I had said that Rao had heard of the tactics of the Isle of Than, and he had responded uh, that they had mastered these gliders, so basically doing these aerial assaults. Well, I think I what I think is interesting is that, like, especially around campfires and things, tell stories and, like, I heard about people who could fly. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, because I think that's actually that that would be very true. He would speak of them before anyone else because it it would be something that yeah is worthy of the air quote campfire, right? <laughs> they used gliders to come down. Yeah. Yeah, so me, you've heard me speak of them before. Their their air tactics. Do you remember the people who could fly? Yes. Unconventional. Whimsical, even. <laughs> Is your whole nation like that? She lets out a long sigh and sets down her fork, grabs her wine, and takes a big gulp of it. As she sets the goblet down, Chelsea appears and fills it with wine. I wish I could say it was my tactic that I developed and expanded my empire on. But no, the credit there goes to my hand-picked general and satrap. Did you say set-trap? This is Zach talking. Yeah, sorry. No. Yeah, uh, set-trap is someone that rules a, a region for somebody else. They're like a governor. Oh, cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Great, great, great. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that for me. I don't know if everyone else was... I didn't click on the uptake. I was just letting it. I was just letting <laughs> it pass by. <laughs> You're like, uh, friend. Yeah, that's Brother. the title. Uh, okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, she is also the reason I'm here. Will she be joining us at any time? I'd love to pick her brain. No, she will not be joining us. I think Rao's excitement. If I'm reading this right, Rao's excitement is just really irritating her now. Yeah, it's it's really good. Are you a military man, Rao of the Erex? Are your people great conquerors? Ugh. <laughs> yeah, right? Ugh. Great conquerors. I think <clears throat> Rao gets very sullen at that. I think the next course comes out interrupting uh, this, this moment in your, in your train of thought. What's the next course? Yeah. Uh, I I guess he should have made a front for the courses. <laughs> <laughs> you actually should have. Yeah, that would have actually been great. A time clock. <laughs> you tick down two marks of the time clock. The lettuce is coming. <laughs> you hit fish early, which is kind of weird for this. So probably put us back in like a soupy area. I would have led with a soup if I'm being nah, honest. Nah, nah, man. It's it's almost as if the culture Ypsilanti is from is not like our normal Western I, European I'm, culture. I'm just saying. I thought of that and I specifically subverted it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, so, so you're hitting, but the weird thing is you're hitting my second course is ice cream. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I present to you lobster unbisked and then ice cream. That's pretty funny. Um, no, this will be, um, ugh, I don't, I don't even know anything about food. <laughs> uh, carb, carbus, carbus up and then get, then get weird. So go, go fish meat, carbs, and then, and then like soup or veggies. And then the main the main course, so it's kind of weird because it's like the deli like maybe the delicacy aspect of lobster was like that's the introduction to the that's like a, a more Mediterranean more kind of a it it is seen as more a shared place where the instead of the breaking of bread what we did originally was we we broke the husk and so we we shared we shared the 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 animal and now now we'll now we'll carbo load and then we'll go do fucking the meal i think this course is going to be an herb heavy gnocchi it's so heavily spiced that it's almost offensive to your tongue huh in the sense of it ju- it's just hard to eat like it it overpowers the senses a little bit you know like uh yeah i think it's spice laden in a way that you aren't used to hmm it dries your mouth out and it just tastes vegetal and, and bitter. How does Gashana feel about this course in particular? I'm, I, I was curious about your, your eating experience more or less. Like, on, honestly, me, honestly cooking, cooking scenes are some of my, like food scenes are some of my favorite scenes. The, the, I the, love this shit. I the, think yeah, it's great. Yeah. The idea of like really intense flavor. Like I think that Omid if I, if I'm projecting, Omid would eat it delicately and act as if like the pungency was appropriate. But I think in this particular scenario, it's inappropriate. If I'm reading how JD's displaying this correctly, so I think Omid would be someone who was trying to act as if this was just something he didn't quite understand. And was trying to go along with as if, you know, like, like you politely ingest things. I was wondering if either one of you, but then I was like, Rao might be less discerning about the fact of it's what it's doing to him. It's just food to him. I think Gashana is actually someone who might balance, oh, balance the, you. balance the reactions in a, in an interesting way. The big man to the basilisk's right, just picks the bowl up and scoops it all into his mouth. I think Gashana takes enough bites to be polite and then sort of like pushes it off to the side. Basically, as soon as Gashana pushes it away, a uh, a golemic hand is there to pick it up and pull it away. Rao takes a couple like big bites and then gags at the spice and then swallows it and does that again a couple times. I think excess of food is new to him. And also, he's avoiding answering the question. You said you spoke highly of my armies. Yes, I was, am, a military man. So you have an army at your command? Had. I see. So we are in a similar position, you and I. I believe we are. What do you know of Kaedis and her strategies? That's referring to the aforementioned Ariel Blitzkrieg? Yeah. On the positive and why it's so successful, 
It's very overwhelming and surprising and unorthodox. There's a lot to take in when you're fighting Thanites, as I understand. But there's a recoup time that is, well, sacrificed in order to make that forward assault possible. You could, I think, take advantage of a pincer movement, but honestly that seems too fancy for what's necessary, a, a rushing toward your back line, your catapults, and your secondary assault would be completely nullified. To be honest, the details of military tactics bore me. I prefer to have others handle them. So you may be of use to me, Rao of the Erex. You see, Caedus, she turned her forces against the defenses of my city. She felt she deserved to rule because she led the armies used to win our wars. It's a shame you no longer have an army, for I have need of one. Or at least a power I can use to reclaim my city. Which is why I came to Ypsilanti. While I may not have found him, you may be able to win against Cadis if I can get you an army. Are you interested in fighting a war? Not yours, I'm sorry. My ideas you can have for free, I have no use for them anymore. But that's all you'll get from me, I hope you the best. So why are you here? Don't look down at your food. Answer me. In losing my people, I felt that same impotent rage that you do. We're here for very similar reasons. I will say no more right now. But you found nothing yet in the mansion? Sorry to tell you, but there is nothing here but the designs of the wizard who has made it all. It's just... Polite entertainment. But I know he has great power himself. He has helped my family before, and he must do so again. Well then, I suppose good luck. <sighs> Unfortunate that you say that, Rao of the Erex. I hope your quest to redeem or save your people is a successful one then. Thank you. Good luck in unifying yours. She ignores that. What about you, elf? I seek what you seek. A crown. I have a crown. Not from where I'm sitting, you don't. At that, the big bodyguard to her right stands up, his muscles twitching. He pulls a massive flail off the ground with a clinking of its chain and he glares at you with this wildness in his eyes. The Basilisa sets a hand on his scarred arm and he slowly sits back down. This was the one that was eating like the lobster hole, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah this yeah. is the big scarred guy that you yeah, saw. Yeah. In the yeah. yeah, yeah. When you inherit a crown... It is not something that can be taken away from you. I cannot lose my right to rule. It seems to me that a ruler who has been deposed by another and does not enjoy the 
goodwill of her people and is forced to hide away rules nothing. And what crown do you seek, elf? You do not have a people at all. What last remnants are still there are crawling in the crevices of the earth like insects, scavenging and living on the refuse of civilized people. There are no queendoms for you, no cities, no lands that are yours anymore. So do not speak to me of not having the right to rule my people. Your people have been cast aside. Die off already. Even the dustiest of relics needs but a bit of polishing to be a beautiful work of art again. Do not act like this has not happened before. All cultures know the tales of the Cyclopes. They were mighty, but now they are gone. Do not pretend. Your people are not a relic. They are a ruin. The next course is here. I think this one is Venison Tartar. She makes a point of ignoring the conversation to eat some of it. Her bodyguard uh, to her right grabs the big ball of meat and just shoves it into his mouth right away. <laughs> the veiled figure still isn't touching anything. And the three of you have what is essentially raw meat placed in front of you. Gashana cups her hands over the plate and summons up a little bit of fire to to cook it. What's it served with, JD? Do we get what isn't there usually a vehicle with tartar? Sure. There's probably like little toasts. <laughs> toast toast fingers. <laughs> Raul I I assume watching Omid who is who is eating with gusto if I may speak for if I may speak for Zach watching Omid Rao will like carefully spoon a little bit of tartar onto a toast finger and and eat, eat it curiously this one I think is the farthest removed from food that he's seen so far so uh, Gashana over the table locks eyes with the basilisa what fuels the flames of your desire so you're activating a move, right? Yeah. Oh, I haven't used this. Go ahead and read yet. it out. So the emulator has a move. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Uh, when you gaze intensely into someone's eyes, you may ask their player what fuels the flames of your desire. They'll answer with the truth, even if the character does not know or would otherwise keep it this hidden. It's the best move that the emulator has. Yeah. Hands, by hands a down. long shot. Yeah. I placed my trust in someone. I lifted them above their allotted station. And she betrayed me. Betrayed me, took everything I had. At this point, I do not even want it back. I want to see her and those who helped her tortured, flayed, crucified, and their bodies impaled for what she has done to me. With that, she's going to stand up, maybe realizing that she revealed too much somehow. She turns on her heel and walks out. The veiled figure stands alongside her and leaves next. While the, when the veiled figure stands up and is like getting ready to move away, is there... 
like is the the I'm assuming they have like robes on or something like more than the the veiled figure. Yeah. So it's a, it's a full body veil, but is partially see-through. You can see a silhouette uh, within it. It's a humanoid figure. Okay. So it's not abstracted with like a toga or robes or anything underneath it. It's, it's a distinct outline with, you know, arms and legs defined, but the, the veil itself is so long it drags on the ground. So you can't really like actually see the, the feet or anything. I gotcha. So there's definitely like a person inside. Correct. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. So yeah, the, the veiled figure leaves. Then the, then the scarred man stands up. He grabs the veiled figures, uh, uneaten lobster and just walks out with it after the two of them, the rest of the retinue, the robed and armored servants, they all kind of file into a line and trail out after them, which just leaves you all in the dining hall alone. I have a feeling she could be used with the proper motivation. She does seem foolish. Foolish or not, she knows more about this place than we do. And thus easily used. I think you are right. I wish you hadn't drove her off. I wanted to at least ask her about the couch. And maybe how she got here. Though she may have lied. Perhaps we can still parlay with her. Given the niceties of the situation, she may be someone who is easily swayed because she is in such a static place. Boredom defeats us all. Was that the last course, JD? (laughs) Well, yeah, there's many more courses, but I'm not just going to keep going. Fine. You should you should see how disappointed you made Nathan. Jimmy. Yeah, Nathan Nathan's <laughs> countenance dropped so much. I could maybe give you guys like one more if you want to, you know, keep having a conversation. No, we can we can just finish dinner. I just didn't think was there a more conversation you guys wanted to have here? Not particularly. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, I yeah. think I think, no, I think I think we know we're on the similar page like I think that soured dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Rouse says standing. Oh, no. <laughs> Rao will eat whatever's put in front of him for a while. Yeah, dinner being soured is not a thing for Rao. Unless you guys have anything specific that you want to do from here, I'm assuming that you are just uh, returning to your quarters after your super long day, getting some rest. So go ahead and heal up your HP, level up if you can do so, and then we'll go from there. All good? Yeah, I think we're yeah. good. Perfect. So you are going to... Wake up the next day to the sound of bird songs kind of emanating through the windows here. You have a beautiful view of the of the outer gardens from where you're at within your rooms. Pretty quickly after you are first awoken, there's going to be a soft knock on the main front uh, entryway into your kind of shared living room that you all have. Yeah, I think Rao would answer that. I'm trying to decide how armed he is answering it. And how dressed. <laughs> no, this is actually kind of interesting. So, yeah, Rao, Rao will come out of his room. I think we're we're pretty well not off not off guard, but relaxed here. Nobody, nobody's going to attack us and knocking on the door first. Yeah, as a slight reminder, as you're coming out into that main room, the couch that was full of a bunch of dead moths somehow smells worse this morning. That's all. Great. But what I was going to say is, I, I yeah, Rouse, Rouse shirtless and like he's just covered in scars and you can see the dagger uh, hanging from his neck. 
and yeah, I'm going to go answer the door. You are greeted by Chelsea. Yeah, so her light blue eyes are the first thing that kind of meet your gaze as you open up the door. She is holding a tray with some hot coffee and probably some freshly baked breads. Good morning. And she walks by and, and sets the tray down uh, in like on kind of a coffee table that's uh, shared with all of you. How was your rest? Did you like your beds? It was the softest thing I've ever slept on. Are you guys in the Are you guys in the main room? Did you come out, or are you still in bed? I've probably come out at this point. Yeah. Are there robes? Yeah. There's that. Yeah. Sure. Totally. Yeah. Oh, Omid's definitely like like wrapping the robe around himself as he comes out the comes out into the main room. I slept wonderfully. Thank you. Yes, perfectly well. Thank you so much. And he's kind of uh, massaging his temples. I can't say that I've had such a wonderful night's sleep in a while. She's going to smile at all of you. Is there anything else that you need this morning? Chelsea, can you tell us about the this couch? And, he, and Rao points at the decaying, moth-ridden couch. What do you mean? And Chelsea, everything else in this house is immaculate, and this is being eaten by moths. Is it not to your liking? Raoul looks bewildered and looks to the other two. It reeks of death, Chelsea. Most living creatures would prefer to not be reminded of what waits them. She is looking right at you, Gashana, and is like smiling politely, but doesn't seem to like register what you're saying. What my friend is trying to say is that it stinks and it shouldn't be here. It is quite gross to have a monstrosity like this inside of the room. Do you require anything else this morning? <laughs> Chelsea, it's not that we don't like it. or I, Everything in this place has been immaculate. I'm so happy to hear you say so. Everything but this. Chelsea, what is this couch? All of the furniture in this place was made by the master, Ypsilanti. Again, Rao just looks bewildered the other two. That isn't what I asked, Chelsea. Chelsea, when you say these are your master's creations, well, would you say this is one of his earlier creations or one of his later? The master creates trinkets like this when he sees fit to help clear his mind. Trinkets? Does this particular trinket have a function besides decaying? And she lets out a definitely like a fake, you know, like a service industry chuckle. <laughs> Ugh. Couches are for sitting and laying. I just want us all to recognize the service industry chuckle. We'll get more like people being like, uh, yeah, yeah, that I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like a robot. <laughs> I, I too often feel like a stone golem. <laughs> Bending to the will of my master, and when someone asks me a question outside my jurisdiction, I laugh and I say, "No, it's a chair for sitting." <laughs> Fuck, um, <laughs> asshole. Um, Chelsea, what do you see when you look at that couch? Can you describe it to me? Is it still like all tipped over and cut open? Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah. I think she goes on an unnecessarily detailed description about like the the type of 
hide that it's like covered in and like the staining process to get the color like the way that it is like it's a very detailed description of the physical way that that couch would have been made but nothing about like the pile of rotting moths or the fact that it's cut open Gishana leans in towards like Omid because I'm assuming we're sort of standing near each other I don't think she sees what's wrong with it yes it would seem that way I don't think she's trying to dance around the subject So I wonder if she is just not allowed to see the imperfections, unlike the gardener. Or that these imperfections aren't supposed to be there in the first place. Ralph flinches at the mention of the gardener. That kind old golem. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like anything else this morning? Meat, fruit, perhaps tea? At dinner last night, there was mention of Ypsilanti's apprentice being present within the manse. How does one go about contacting him? He is often busy in his workshop. If you go through the dining hall and into the library, right now you can get into the workshop from there. Right now? Yes. Is there only a certain amount of time that we can go and get into the workshop? No. You have a weird way of saying things, then. And Zach over here, like, yeah, I got him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) check. (laughs) So with that, basically, uh, unless you guys have anything else. Well, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else that you want to touch on right here? Anything else you want to converse with Chelsea about? No, I think we have a thread we're going to we're going to investigate now. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Very good. Chelsea then is going to bow a little bit. And then she leaves, leaving the hot coffee and sweetbreads on the coffee table. How do we approach this apprentice? I don't think telling him that we're here to plunder his master's secrets or artifacts is the best way to go about it. Though I might have to disagree. I would assume that his apprentice would be just as interested in understanding and would be excited by others seeking knowledge. Rao's eating like a sweetbread. I don't know. I think that, uh, I, uh, I don't think we should put him on the defensive immediately, but sweetbreads, have you guys had these? They're really good. Omid is kind of looking at you a little bit, like, disgusted with your... <laughs> They're just crumbs all over his pants <laughs> yeah. and chest. I'm watching my figure. All right. I just don't think we should come at it from the point of view that we're trying to take something from him. There's a curiosity, I think, which is what Omid is trying to bring. But if we come at him like Rosanthi did, I think that we may have a problem. I believe you are correct. So to answer your question, Gashana, I think we approach cautiously and with a little bit of gravitas, if I'm being totally honest. And it might work out for us. If it would seem that he is more jovial and willing to talk, then perhaps we can lower the stiff guard of formality and be honest with why some of us are here. At that, Omid will uh, turn on his heel and head back into his room to change into some proper clothes to wear. JD, are there, are there like clothes in here as well? That was something I, I was interested in. If it's like fully furnished or is it like, uh, you know, the hotel? <laughs> I think that there would be just robes mostly, but yeah, we did discuss the fact that after you guys had come out of the baths last night that your clothes were cleaned. Good. Then I will just put my clothes back on. 
It's the way of the adventurer, wearing the same fucking clothes every day for months. Rao goes to his respective room and gets his high-collared jacket and all the other things he left in there, and Rao gets dressed, too. Gishana also goes and puts her old clothes on. I assume we're all leaving, are we? Yeah, I think we're heading yeah, towards okay. the library and trying to yeah. meet the apprentice. As we're leaving, and just, you know, honestly, I thought the mention of a library, you'd have been more excited, Omid. I am very excited, but it's a twin interest. The Apprentice is equally as exciting for me. Luckily, I think we have some time to investigate both. But I say The Apprentice first, before we go digging through books. I agree. And yeah, I think we're just we're heading over that way. Cool. The three of you emerge back into the kind of hallway. That's that open hallway with arches right like across and looking down on this um, curated kind of garden. You make your way to the dining hall. It is probably set up with like snacks, whatever, lunchables, essentially, if you guys want to grab anything. But assuming that is not the case, um, there are a couple different doorways in here. So that's what's up. I'm assuming you guys are just looking for the library and going straight to it and not really worrying about anything else. Is that the plan? More or less. In the dining hall, is there like an apple or a small whole thing I can grab? Yeah, definitely. I would say it's probably going to be more exotic than an apple because that's fun. We'll say it is a mango. Mango? Okay. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab a mango and pocket it. Pocket mango. Are there <laughs> tiny circular discs of meat as well as Ritz crackers and cheese? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's going to be like, there's definitely a charcuterie board with pickles. You guys are going to uh, walk through the door to the library. You can tell that it's the door to the library because it's a it's a big um, double doorway and the columns are stacked books carved into stone, right? That's very cool. So it's pretty clear. Oh, that's probably the library. And then you guys are going to pass inside. Inside is a large domed expanse. There are obviously piles of of books around and there's shelves kind of standing up just totally full of old big ass books very likely most of them in languages none of you can read right and it's sort of a maze of these shelves you know there's not a clear route to another doorway what do y'all do well uh which way Omid's pro as you're kind of you're stopped there to say that Omid's breezed past you and is probably running his finger along the spines of the books kind of haphazardly and as he's kind of running his fingers across those books he just like chortles over his shoulder well we know they must be organized right he doesn't let anything out of place I imagine that Omid would start maybe maybe reading some of the tomes like pulling some out looking at them just see it seeing what seeing where where we have landed as far as the sections sure whether it's just looking for books with picture you know looking for books with drawings as well as a a languages he doesn't understand yeah i mean anything that you're gonna flip through um it's kind of a who knows like if you're just randomly grabbing books or whatever a lot of it is going to be history or architecture or, I mean, a shit ton of architecture, plenty of art books. So it'll be like descriptions in there, right? Like this is a, the biggest collection of books probably any of you have ever seen. This includes you, Omid. Yeah, but uh, is it organized? How, you know, I imagine it's organized. Do I start to get a feel for that at all? 
No, it's not organized at all. Oh, it's not. Huh. Nope. Huh. That doesn't surprise me in the least. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. I want to hear Omid's reaction to this, though. I think Omid is surprised by that because... Or does it not just... Does it just seem like it's not at all organized? Like, I, like one book is going to be on architecture. The next one's going to be on, like, botany. And the next one that you grab will be probably about, like the stars you know if i if i'm being uh if i can be candid outside of character is it that they are organized by some principle outside of like uh basic yeah. human understanding like basic like omid could understand the organization it's like a singular understanding like nope oh okay it is just random huh. yeah i would like it doesn't seem to be by language or by color or by anything that seems to make sense to you or by anything because it's random i was i was asking you as zach not as omid yeah i mean if you actually want to know how this is organized it's just organized as he has come across them bought them and then threw them on a shelf oh okay i was thinking like yeah he's a he's an academic he just has this these things fucking everywhere yeah that's probably yeah I i was more thinking of the stone people that walk around and clean things up man Speaking of, ooh, the stone librarian. So probably as you guys are, well, at least as Omid is kind of coming around, you're like, huh, none of this is making any sense. And you like kind of go into a space. I mean, even the shelves here, like the the stacks of bookcases are kind of, like they're laid out on a grid, but not necessarily in rows and columns, right? Like they're kind of, uh, they just will turn all of a sudden and your, your route will be blocked off. And so I think you eventually come to one of these and you kind of like turn the corner. And yes, there is another stone figure standing there. You're the first around the corner. You, I, From the sound of things, you were walking way ahead of us, Omid. Yeah. Omid reacts kind of stunned, but then recomposes himself. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I was lost in my own thoughts. It is going to turn and look at you. This one has a very striking bright green eyes to match its green robes. I assume you are the keeper of these books. It stares at you for a little bit longer. What are you doing here? Well, to start, we were just trying to make our way through to see the apprentice. Though I will admit that I wish to linger here when I get the time to hopefully read amongst the collections. Do you have a name? I am called Malik. I think, Gashana, are you and I probably rounding the corner at this point? Yeah. Well, it is very nice to meet you, Malik. Could you point us in the direction of the apprentice, or... I will lead you. Follow. That would be very lovely. So Malik turns and begins walking away. On Malik's back, there is a couple of short metal rods. And it leads you and like twists and turns kind of around these corridors, seemingly somewhat haphazardly. And then eventually comes to a very plain door. Are these short metal rods, are they like embedded in his back or are they protruding from his back? It is worn on the outside of its robes. Are they the same size or what? Probably both about two and a half feet long. Are they part of his construction or are they like hanging there? No, they're they're worn. Are these things closed, not carved as part of them? Correct. Yeah, all uh, of these golems have been have been wearing clothing. Okay. Did I hear did I hear you call him Malik? Malik. It turns and and looks at you. 
What is the apprentice's name? Guomu. As we're walking through the stacks, does Gashana spot any works that are obviously in Elvish? Oh, that's interesting. And another thing, we've talked about it a little bit before because Grieg had studied Elvish, but is Elvish, like in a lot of other fantasy settings, it's sort of like a prestigious language, I guess I'd say, like in your sort of vanilla D&D, but the way racism works in Chimeria is Elvish sort of like other, I guess I'm trying, not like a dead language, but is Elvish something that like anybody knows? No, I don't think so at all. Um, I think that whatever you want to call it, traditional Elvish is probably mostly dead and has probably branched out into a number of different Elvish dialects given the dispersal of the Elvish people. Yeah. But then outside of that, like nobody studies it like academically or anything. This is not a time period that gives a shit about that, about the idea of preserving language or culture. So probably anybody who can speak any dialect of of Elvish can probably read it, Mm -hmm. but it's spoken differently is probably what makes sense to me. Is that cool? Yeah. As we're walking through here, do I see then any works that are in Elvish? Yeah, there are definitely going to be books here that are in Elvish. I'm going to try to take a few of those. Um, <laughs> You're, what, grabbing the book and trying to put it in your pack or something? Yeah, basically. Kind of on the slide. Because I noted, like, nothing happened when uh, Omid pulled books off the shelves. Right. So I'm wondering... Yeah, and this is kind of like Gashana testing the limits of this place in a way that could seem fairly innocuous, I suppose, and also <laughs> trying to like reclaim what she views as like stolen from her people. Right. Go ahead and give me a Defy Danger plus Dex. Back on my bullshit. That <laughs> is a five. <laughs> All right. So I think that as you um, you like swing your pack around and you're going to shove this book into the pack, right? Yeah. As quietly and as coolly as you can. And I think that Malik, even though it was facing away from you, is going to quickly turn around and moves extremely rapidly like between Rao and Omid, kind of shoving the two of you to the side and grabs the book in one hand and your pack in the other. Ypsilanti's property remains here very well malik is there any way i could have that book set aside for me for later or sent to my room for further reading yes it will be there later thank you malik malik looks at you vacantly but is not giving your pack back will my pack be in the room later as well it doesn't say anything to that. Well, I mean, that was Ypsilanti's shit. So anything that you were not wearing, you do not have access to right now. Okay. What'd you lose? The wavering is in there. Yeah. But that's like the only... I mean, I don't have adventuring gear or anything, I would assume now. Yeah, no no adventuring gear. Oh, a, no healing potion. And nine coin... But that's that's it. We were gonna haggle with my that nine well. coin. <laughs> there's a. I think there's a. You just got in trouble with teacher vibe going on, for like a second. Yeah, Gashana is extremely pale. Like, she was not 
not expecting that response, but like how physically outclassed she was by this yeah. construct, I think, is shocking. We need to be careful around these things. Yeah, with that, um, Malik is uh, going to bow at all of you and then steps a couple feet away and like turns a corner. Yes, some of them seem a little bit more rude than others. A common trait among librarians, I've been told. I can confirm. So yeah, you guys are in front of this um, strikingly plain doorway. I would say that it maybe throws you guys off a little bit because it is not baroque as fuck. Because it's not? Yeah, this is a plain wooden door. There isn't anything really to the frame. There's a simple, probably, copper handle. Perhaps the student doesn't share his master's fetish. Perhaps there's more wonder behind the door than on it. Rao just kind of stares at the two of you and, like, has no idea what it is you're talking about. Walks up to the door and just going to knock on it. It sounds like you're knocking on something hollow. It has, like, a, a resonance to it. There is no answer. When you say hollow, like... What do you mean exactly? Something that is thin enough that you can like feel the vibration in. Does that make more sense maybe? Like if you had a, you know, like solid oak or whatever, it would like just thud. Mm-hmm. And it's not really going to like transfer that necessarily. You're not going to feel it kind of vibrate back at you. Yeah, I think I know what you're saying. Should we go in? Try the door, Rao. I do so. It opens easily. We enter the room carefully. Cool. What's up, Darwin? What's up? Hello. Sorry, uh, JD says hi. Hi, JD. I'm sorry, I didn't realize. You didn't tell me we were out of cat food. I'll get what? Some, I'll get some tomorrow. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You gotta get some bags of Jaguar Heavy. Okay, maybe I'll get some tomorrow. <laughs> okay, it's been nice talking to you, Ilya. Bye. <laughs>